Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's episode returns to Longfellow's long narrative poem, Evangeline, A Tale of Acadie, Longfellow's story of love that I introduced in episode 6. The scene I'm reading today comes early in the poem, the night before the wedding between Evangeline and Gabriel is to take place. It's a simple domestic scene, beginning with Evangeline and her father Benedict at home on a late fall evening, when the days are getting shorter and the nights longer, first just the two of them, and then joined by Gabriel and his father Basil the blacksmith, and then by the village notary to complete the legal formalities before the marriage can take place. I've chosen this passage first for the scene of just daughter and father, the daughter spinning flax for linen thread while her father muses on the flames of the fireplace. This scene, paradoxically, is not as old-fashioned as it was a year ago, as in many American households during the COVID pandemic, many of us have taken up sewing or knitting or quilting. Fewer of us have taken up musing on the fireplace, I imagine, but we might now enjoy more musing on tales such as this one of Evangeline and her beloved Gabriel. The visit from friends we can also now enjoy even more, as we can't make or have such visits ourselves for a while yet. So let's enjoy. From Evangeline, A Tale of Acadie, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Now has the season returned, when the nights grow colder and longer, and the retreating sun, the sign of Scorpio, enters. Indoors, warm by the wide-mouthed fireplace, Idly the farmer sat in his elbow chair and watched how the flames and the smoke wreaths struggled together like foes in a burning city. Behind him, nodding and mocking along the wall with gestures fantastic, darted his own huge shadow and vanished away into darkness. Fragments of song the old man sang and carols of Christmas, such as at home in the olden times, his fathers before him sang in their Norman orchards and bright Burgundian vineyards. Close at her father's side was the gentle Evangeline seated, spinning flax for the loom that stood in the corner behind her. Silent while were its treadles, at rest was its diligent shuttle, while the monotonous drone of the wheel, like the drone of a bagpipe, followed the old man's song and united the fragments together. As in church, when the chant of the choir at intervals ceases, footfalls are heard in the aisles or words of the priests at the altar, so in each pause of the song, with measured motion, the clock ticked. Thus, as they sat there, were footsteps heard, and, suddenly lifted, sounded the wooden latch, and the door swung back on its hinges. Benedict knew by the hobnailed boots it was Basil, the blacksmith, and by her beating heart, Evangeline knew who was with him. Welcome, the farmer exclaimed as their footsteps paused on the threshold. Welcome, Basil, my friend. Come, take thy place on the settle close by the chimney side, which is always empty without thee. Take from the shelf overhead thy pipe and the box of tobacco. Never so much thyself art thou as when the curling smoke of the pipe 
or the forge of thy friendly and jovial face gleams round and red as the harvest moon through the mist of the marshes. Then, with a smile of content, thus answered Basil the blacksmith, taking with easy air the accustomed seat by the fireside. Benedict Bellefontaine, thou hast ever thy jest and thy ballad. Ever the cheerfullest mood art thou, when others are filled with gloomy forebodings of ill and see only ruin before them. Happy art thou, as if every day thou hadst picked up a horseshoe. Pausing a moment to take the pipe that Evangeline brought him, and with a coal from the embers had lighted, he slowly continued. Uh, here, Basil and Benedict talk about the events of the day before long the notary arrives. Then Evangeline lighted the brazen lamp on the table, filled till it overflowed the pewter tankard with home-brewed nut-brown ale that was famed for its strength in the village of Grand Pre, while from his pocket the notary drew his papers and inkhorn, wrote with a steady hand the date and ages of the parties, naming the dower of the bride in flocks of sheep and in cattle. Orderly all things proceeded, and duly and well were completed, and the great seal of the law was set like a sun on the margin. Then from his leathern pouch the farmer threw on the table three times the old man's fee in solid pieces of silver, and the notary, rising and blessing the bride and the bridegroom, lifted aloft the tankard of ale and drank to their welfare. Wiping the foam from his lip, he solemnly bowed and departed, while in silence the others sat and mused by the fireside, till Evangeline brought the draft board, the checkerboard, out of its corner. Soon the game begun. In friendly contention the old men laughed at each lucky hit or unsuccessful maneuver, laughed when a man was crowned or a breach was made in a king row. Meanwhile, apart in the twilight gloom of the window's embrasure, sat the lovers and whispered together, beholding the moon rise over the pallid sea and the silvery mist of the meadows. Silently, one by one, in the infinite meadows of heaven, blossomed the lovely stars, the forget-me-nots of the angels. Poetry is a craft, and a great deal of the pleasure we take in poems is in the pleasure of their craftsmanship. This is why we can return to the same poem over and over with equal, if not greater, pleasure as we note the many small things done well. In the passage I've just read, very little happens, but many things are done well. Benedict knows Basil is at the door from the familiar sound of his boots. Evangeline knows Gabriel is at the door by the beating of her heart. Evangeline, though we don't see her directly do so, lights Basil's pipe with an ember from the fire before handing it to him. We feel the different characters of the two old friends, even as we enjoy their hearty friendship. We see the pewter tankard of ale and the notary's inkhorn. Benedict throws on the table three times the notary's fee, not to show off, but in acknowledgment that the notary's fee has to be low enough for all to afford to marry, and it thus falls to those who have more to give more. The seal of the law on the marriage is like the sun. 
The focus of Evangeline is on the two young lovers, but for this scene they are allowed to be quiet in the background, where no doubt they prefer to be, while the two fathers enjoy their time of pride and fellowship. Let's listen again for these and the many other small, well-chosen things that Longfellow has crafted. From Evangeline, A Tale of Acadie by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Now has the season returned when the nights grow colder and longer and the retreating sun, the sign of Scorpio, enters. Indoors, warm by the wide-mouthed fireplace, idly the farmer sat in his elbow chair and watched how the flames and the smoke wreaths struggled together like foes in a burning city. Behind him, nodding and mocking along the wall with gestures fantastic, darted his own huge shadow and vanished away into darkness. Fragments of song the old man sang and carols of Christmas, such as at home in the olden times, his fathers before him sang in their Norman orchards and bright Burgundian vineyards. Close at her father's side was the gentle Evangeline seated, spinning flax for the loom that sat in the corner behind her. Silent a while were its treadles, at rest was its diligent shuttle, while the monotonous drone of the wheel, like the drone of a bagpipe, followed the old man's song and united the fragments together. As in church, when the chant of the choir at intervals ceases, footfalls are heard in the aisles or words of the priest at the altar, so in each pause of the song, with measured motion, the clocks ticked. Thus as they sat there were footsteps heard and, suddenly lifted, sounded the wooden latch and the door swung back on its hinges. Benedict knew by the hobnailed boots it was Basil the blacksmith, and by her beating heart Evangeline knew who was with him. Welcome, the farmer exclaimed as their footsteps paused on the threshold. Welcome, Basil, my friend. Come, take thy place on the settle close by the chimney-side, which is always empty without thee. Take from the shelf overhead thy pipe and the box of tobacco. Never so much thyself art thou, as when the curling smoke of the pipe or the forge of thy friendly and jovial face gleams round and red as the harvest moon through the mist of the marshes. Then, with a smile of content, thus answered Basil the blacksmith, taking with easy air the accustomed seat by the fireside. Benedict Bellefontaine, thou hast ever thy jest and thy ballad. Ever the cheerfullest mood art thou, when others are filled with gloomy forebodings of ill and see only ruin before them. Happy art thou, as if every day thou hadst picked up a horseshoe. Pausing a moment to take the pipe that Evangeline brought him, and with a coal from the embers had lighted, he slowly continued. The notary arrives. Then Evangeline lighted the brazen lamp on the table, filled till it overflowed the pewter tankard with home-brewed nut-brown ale that was famed for its strength in the village of Grand Pre while from his pocket the notary drew his papers and inkhorn, wrote with a steady hand the date and age of the parties, naming the dower of the bride in flocks of sheep and in cattle. 
orderly all things proceeded, and duly and well were completed, and the great seal of the law was set like a sun on the margin. Then from his leathern pouch the farmer threw on the table three times the old man's fee in solid pieces of silver. And the notary, rising and blessing the bride and the bridegroom, lifted aloud the tankard of ale and drank to their welfare. Wiping the foam from his lip, he solemnly bowed and departed, while in silence the others sat and mused by the fireside, till Evangeline brought the draft-board out of its corner. Soon the game was begun. In friendly contention the old men laughed at each lucky hit, or unsuccessful maneuver, laughed when a man was crowned or a breach was made in a king row. Meanwhile, apart, in the twilight gloom of windows embrasure, sat the lovers and whispered together, beholding the moon rise over the pallid sea and the silvery mist of the meadows. Silently, one by one, in the infinite meadows of heaven, blossomed the lovely stars, the forget-me-nots of the angels. Above my desk is a print by the New Hampshire artist Eric Ebison that illustrates the final two lines I've just read. Silently, one by one, in the infinite meadows of heaven, blossomed the lovely stars, the forget-me-nots of the angels. It is a beautiful print, these lines place the homely domestic scene in a larger context of beautiful life, much in keeping with Ebison's Buddhism. There is beauty in everyday things, which Longfellow continually reminds us. The beauty of the natural world, and also the beauty of the simple things we do and have and share with one another. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fireside Poems and that you'll join me again next week and visit this podcast website, firesidepoems.com, where you'll find my email address. I'd love to hear from you to learn a little bit about who you are and what you like as you join me each week by the fireside.